G'day and thanks for joining us here again at Once When I Was Cool podcast, your weekly podcast about nostalgia and about the things that we loved when we were young. My name's Dave, I'm one of your hosts and joining me across through the, through the magic of the internet, the man whose personality and talent know no lower limits, it's the wee man. Hello Dave, how you going? Good mate, good, yourself? Oh, living the dream in uh, sunny, sunny Bris Vegas. Um, good to be back on the air again, I suppose, <laughs> from last week. What do we uh, say? Yes, it's, it's anyway. Yeah, it's. You, I remember when we first started? It used to be such a long time between drinks because we only ever used to record when we're in when we were together. So we'd record ten or twelve or fifteen episodes in a weekend, and now we're doing it sort of once a week. It's it's yeah, it's a bit bizarre, really, isn't it? It is the whole uh, the whole world's a bit bizarre at the moment. But anyway, yeah, strange place. Yeah, I'll just yeah, it is a strange place. And it's strange. Speaking of strange, uh, we've got producer Simon over there behind the uh, uh, the invisible wall in Sydney, uh, as always, getting us out there to your earballs, our sultry tones. Mm, he's he's a great fella. Yeah, good on him. So we yes, Dave. I was thinking back about, well, as I do, as, as I do, being a nostalgia show, I quite often think about and reminisce about the things that used to do when I was a kid. And I remember, I don't know, I, I think I said on one of our, our previous episodes about my mother, Ruby, used to always uh, encourage me to read as best she could. And I used to love reading books about scary things like vampires and werewolves and mummies and those sorts of things. So um, one of those things that we used to always cover was, um, was well, no, one of those things that used to be the books that I used to love reading but used to scare the, scare the stuffing out of me for want of a The hair off your head. The hair off my head, yeah, yeah the, pretty scary. The, the hair off your head. Yeah. Um, was Bigfoot. Uh, now, there's a lot of stuff being going on about Bigfoot, a lot of shows that you see these days and a lot of talk about A lot of people talk about how they want to find a Bigfoot, and we'll get into Bigfoot in just a minute. But what I want to talk about this week is, so we, once when I was cool, we used to talk about bunyips and yowies. Yes, bunyips and yowies. And that's, I suppose, for the listener out there, shout out to Shaniqua. Hey, Gil. Um, hey, Gil. Uh, I think... The big difference is that they are the Australian version of the Bigfoot. Every sort of country has some tale of some big uh, ape-looking, hairy sort of dude that lives in the bush that's meant to, not not old Bob who, you know, lives sort of down in the shack but, you know, is out in there. He's like a big half-man, half-ape, you know, eight-foot tall, size 27 feet. So, mm. yeah, so that's the Australian version of, say, Bigfoot. And, um, yeah, well, a Yowie is the, uh, the Bigfoot version and um, the uh, Bunyip is more from... Uh, it's more from uh, the Indigenous Australians and that's part of theirs and it's more, as as we know, uh, a water, like a water creature and a water monster. Mm. So I guess I guess taking it back a few steps, like you said, the bunyip is the Australian, uh, no, not the bunyip, the yowie is the Australian version and you'll yeah, see we, that I'll, I'll get confused with this. Oh, because, what did I say? Yeti. Mm. No, you said yowie. Okay. Yeah. No, but I will get confused because it was only up until recent times, believe it or not, that I actually thought the bunyips and yowies were, were the same thing. I thought it was just a different name for the same creature, but it turns out that they're not and how wrong I was. Well, that wouldn't be the first time. No, it won't be the first, won't be the last and certainly won't be the worst thing I mess up. But, yeah, the no. bunyip, 
Uh, bunyip again. All right, I'm going to keep say the bunyip because I keep talking about bunyip. So we'll talk about bunyip okay. first. Bunyip is the water creature. Apparently, it's a, a four legged looking creature, depending on who you talk to and what it looks like. The four legged sort of creature that uh, has the what what's been referred to as the head of a dog. Uh, it comes out and feasts on animals, and occasionally, back in the colonial times, so back in the 1800s, was was accused of actually taking people. Have you heard of that? Yeah, and like growing up over the years, I suppose back in our in our youth, you know, we had to do a bit of um, you know indigenous uh, studies at school, and you know, rainbow serpent was a big thing, and then we'd be talking about um, uh, also the the you know the yowie, uh, not the yowie, the see now you got me all mixed up, <laughs> the, the bunyips. Yeah. But, yeah, so the bunyip was more, you know, lived in billabongs and waterholes and, you know, it was, uh, I think it, I, I mean, I don't know the whole story behind it, but that's to me, you know, what it yeah. was. Well, as you said, it's, it's come from a from a uh, from an Aboriginal term, and there was lots of different Aboriginal tribes. Apparently, used to have a similar sort of story about these creatures that used to come out and cause them all sorts of trouble. But interestingly enough, there have been some drawings and some artifacts um, about bunyips that have come through, and you know they they're a little bit scary, but um, it, it's more the the live uh, live eye recaps that we sort of get interested in. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. It was a bit of a glitch in the matrix. So uh, producer Simon's just sorted that out for us. Thanks, mate. You're awesome. Um, I don't really, can't really quite remember what we're up to. However, what I will say is that um, we'll we'll get back now into the the Yowie type of thing or the the Australian version of the Bigfoot. And I can tell you um, there is a show on one of the the channels called... uh, uh, finding Bigfoot, and they have actually come out to Australia and done some research. Oh, really? Yeah, done some yowie hunting? Done some yowie hunting. So, well, there's a couple so, yeah. of there's a couple of sites around, and it's interesting that you say that about the Finding Bigfoot because there's a couple of different sorts within the yowie mythology. There's meant to be two different sorts. There's the tall one, which is about meant to be between eight and ten feet tall, but then there's a shorter one, which is meant to be sort of five to six feet tall. And if you've ever been out to a town called Kilcoy, which is just uh, inland from Brisbane, they actually have a yowie statue there, and um, I think it stands about eight foot tall, and it's meant to it's a sort of that human hybrid of a of the of the ape looking sasquatchy sort of um creature that you'd find so it's interesting that people actually come from here because i know there are yowie hunter sites um around australia and i've talked to a few people who have who think that they've had an encounter not necessarily a sighting but um i remember working with a guy who said that he went camping up in the the back hills of the Blue Mountains behind Sydney, and he said in the middle of the night they heard this heavy thudding footprints, and you can't hear footprints, heavy thudding footsteps and these strange noises, and they were convinced it was a yowie and they were just staying in their tent and there was no way they were getting out. Just have a look just to see. It was probably old Peter from the next camp over who was had a skin full and was just stumbling around their camp. <laughs> That's the one. More to the, that, more to the point. Oh, look. I, I've done quite a bit of camping, even when I was young, um, older, whenever. Um, I've been out in the bush and have heard lots of different things. Um, and if people aren't sure what they are, like, you know, if you're out in the bush and you, you actually hear a, a fox, it sounds like a baby crying. 
at night when they're, they're sort of squealing and carrying. So they sound like a baby. There's lots of lots of noises, a lot of unexplained things. Um, but uh, I can't say I've seen a Bigfoot. I've seen lots of tall people because everyone's a lot taller than me. A lot of them are hairy and very scary. Um, but, yeah, no, no, um, no... Uh, no, encounter, from me, no encounters from yourself. It's funny, one of my, um, in Chris Dahl's year, she went uh, to school with a guy who was always into outdoorsy sports sort of things, sort of um, fit enough kind of guy that used to go out and do those sorts of things. And he um, he went on and was on one of those Finding Bigfoot shows and he, he became one of the Bigfoot, you know, people trying to prove that Bigfoot was real. Um, and I think that he used to call himself as a profession. He used to call himself an adventurer. I mean, what sort of life is that? How how awesome would that be? Say, oh, yeah, what do you do for a living? Well, I go and have adventures. That'd be tremendous and get paid well, to do pretty, it. That That's like us without getting paid. I mean, me going to the mailbox is an adventure. Depends on what, <laughs> what sort of mail you're getting, mate. That's right. But, look, I think, you know, you you look at it and I and I sort of – I know what, uh, when I was growing up what I thought of them, and I'm like you, you used to scare the heck out of me. I used to be very afraid of anything like that. And we've talked about it, you know, werewolves, uh, vampires were evil. Um, the Bigfoot or Yeti, Yowie, whatever you want to call them. Um, Yeti's a, a, a Tibetan one, isn't it? And they're, they're in the abominable snowman or something. Anyway, um, but I think I think <laughs> each, know, they, each sort of area has got their own. The Yeti is this the snow one and then the Sasquatch is the one up in the top of Canada and Northern America and the abominable snowman somewhere else in between. I think they're all meant to be the same sort of thing. So, but they are the things that we were scared of as a kid and you actually believed them. So when you, um, when you're watching these shows now with, technology we've got i look at it and go they used to have that real grainy footage and it was like nobody could really get a camera and get a really good photo it's like chasing a ufo everyone's got a camera on their phone these days and they seem to be able to take a picture of someone beating somebody up but anything interesting like that it seems that they fumble a bit and they just can't get them and that's like in the in the bush in the bush or the forest and those types of places. People always have cameras and things set up so that they can um, you know catch all different oh, sorts the game, of things. The game trail cameras. Yeah, 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 and they're really high def and they're motion sensitive. But they set them up in these Yowie place and Yowie Bigfoot sorts of places and never seem to catch one. They must know they're there. They must be watching them, putting them up. Well, I've watched I've watched a few of the um, the shows, and some of the some of the um, reasoning behind it goes from the the um, quite reasonable to the completely outlandish. From they they are time travellers, or they they come in from different dimensions, and that they have their own language, and they make these funny sort of oop, oop noises, and all these other types of outrageous sorts of claims. But what I find more interesting is that people are out there actually hunting them. And I would, you know, if I came across, just happened to happen across a Bigfoot, a Yowie, a, a, a Bunyip, any of those sorts of things, I don't mind telling you I, there would be a slight bit of poo comes out as I do it, as I'm running as quickly as I can. And I'm not a good runner. and I, But I would be doing my best to get away from them. I don't know why these people want to find them. What are they going to do when they catch one? 
And and that's the thing. Not only would would that be the case with you, you'd be also bleeding because I'd be cutting you to make sure that you're staying behind while I'm getting away from it. Just in just in your Achilles, just a little just a little cut, so you can't really run that quick. Well, that's but, the thing. You don't have to be faster than the thing that's chasing you. You just have to be faster than someone else. That's right. And I'll we should have a fifty. A, 20 metre, 10 metre run, 10 metre dash. Run to the fridge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got chest pain thinking about it. Um, but you're right. People want to find them and I've seen them with all this new technology using drones, they're using uh, cameras that are thermal cameras and there's nothing out there. I'll get in a cage. I think they got used with the thermal down here, they got a kangaroo. That's about it. You know, well, they're everywhere. Distant. I'm surprised they only got one. Well, that's the whole thing. It's it's amazing that there, there's not much out wherever they go. Um, but I think with more of uh, this technology, I think, mm, is there anything? I think there's things out there that we don't know about. I just don't know why we can't catch them or yeah. no one's really seen them or they're not coming into the town to the pub or something. So I'm, I remember distinctly staying at my grandmother's place when I was a kid and um, Ruby had bought me a book on Bigfoot and I Bigfoot and one on Bigfoot and one on vampires and I remember laying in bed reading them and, you know, just devouring them because I enjoyed them so much. And we were staying in sort of the eastern suburbs of Sydney, which is a pretty built-up, fairly populated sort of place and this would have been the, the late 70s, early 90s, late 70s, early 90s, late 70s, early 80s that we were there. And um, I remember being scared stiff. And, you know, my grandmother had eight-foot fences around her place, so there was nothing getting in or getting out. And my mother came and said to me, you know, there's fences everywhere, and what makes you think they'd be in the bit, in the middle of a big city? And I sort of went, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Though. And then I was okay with it because they can't be found anywhere and we're worried about them. I don't think they're going to be walking down suburban Sydney somehow to get me. Well, they might, I'd be more worried about the zombies. Because that's where they are in the cities. Zombies weren't a thing then. Well, they were, but they weren't no, as popular they seem... as they are now. No, no, true. But I, mean... I, I love, I think we said on a different um, episode, probably talking about the COVID thing, all these people that think they'd be the big zombie, they'd be the big zombie survivors and that they're going to go through, you know, survive it and, and come across it like everything else and have these zombie preparedness kits and everything, these people are going to be the first ones to go. I mean, they, they don't keep themselves in good nick and they spend all their days thinking about zombies. What hope do they think they got? Yeah, look, I, I don't know. I just think, yeah, I actually don't think about it. I think if the zombie apocalypse comes, I know where to drive to if I can get there. But everyone else will be trying to drive there, so I might just stay here and try and tough it out. Hmm. Well, there you go. I think we've got bigger things to worry about than zombies and aliens and Bigfoots at the moment. But the so, big feats. Anyway, enough about that. We're not. We're going around in circles here. The other thing that tends to turn up from time to time is the uh, the stories of the big cats. And I remember that back in the nineties, when I lived in Sydney, um, there there had been repeated stories about big cats, big panther-looking things. Uh, that had been spotted around different parts of the um, of the Blue Mountains, and of course, people had these long range, long range, grainy photos of and, and videos of what looks to be a cat sort of walking along, and they go for about four seconds, and it disappears behind a tree. Have you ever heard about any of these sorts of things? Yeah, definitely, and I think a lot of those photos are just house cats. But in saying that. Have you seen, you and I have seen the cats out west when we've driven the, out there, the wild cats. The feral cats, the, yeah. 
barrel cats, they uh, they make your your house normal house cat look well look like a mouse. Really, they they're half the size of big you know dogs. They're massive. Mm. So maybe you get a black one of those and it might be. And I think, you know, again, there's people out trying to chase these things down because, you know, the, these stories have been around for as long as I was a kid, you know. Um, used to be a couple of zoos, I think, down near Sydney that had closed down and then they just couldn't afford to keep feeding the animals. So they just let the animals go and they've gone out into the to the mountains, you know, people who've had private zoos and they've lost them lost them all uh, all their animals um yeah it's you, you do hear these stories you do i can't say I've, I've seen a lot of i haven't seen a panther but i've seen some fairly big cats the size of dogs definitely mm. and not small chihuahua dogs either mm. talking um you know a good one and a half size of a a, a house cat mm. normal house cat they're big mm. they're big and they'll um they uh, they they look like uh, they do uh, they stick to their word. They're feral. They're feral looking things. Mm. It is. Yeah. Well, that was the story that a lot of people put forward as well. Is that um, the big cats have come from the times when there was a travelling circus or something in town, and the circus, for whatever reason, has either let the animal go because they couldn't feed it anymore, or because. Um, the circus has gone broke or, you know, the animals just escaped and they've never been able to get back to it. So I don't know, like I said, you know, a lot of people tend to like to listen to these sorts of things, but it's one of those, one of those things that sort of comes up from time to time, certainly came up when we were kids. I don't know whether it's people trying to scare the kids into staying at home and not traveling too far, but uh, yeah, it, it's the same type of thing with the bunyips and the yowies and the big cats, but probably the other yeah. one. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, don't really hear that much about them. You only got these shows now. But remember, back in the day, we didn't have these shows. When they did investigating, these were like these were like big news items. There was a, you know, a Bigfoot sighting, and you know, there was then, you know, it was on the news, and people were talking about it, and they got a footprint. Like now, it's on every other channel. You know, multiple channels have these on them. You know, there's some really dodgy ones that, with hillbillies chasing these monsters and. You know, and then you've got other ones where you've got people with all these sophisticated equipment using drones and heat sensing um, equipment, and no one seems to have found these things. Um, Probably for a good reason. Yeah, well, don't know. But back in the day, it was like anything. We only got our source from one sort of TV or two TV channels. Mm. And when that stuff came through, you actually believed it. And the newspaper when the newspapers used to report reputable things. Yeah. So I guess moving on and wrapping up, um, probably the one other creature that we haven't really discussed, and I I have to admit I hadn't heard about this one until I was sort of a young adult, Um, and I know a lot of people have have told stories about it and have seen them, and it's a a uniquely Australian creature uh, that strikes fear into the hearts of a lot of people, and there's a lot of um, a lot of talk about they don't tend to attack certain types of people, and that's the drop bear. Have you heard of drop bears, mate? Yeah, now the drop bears, uh, I have actually heard the drop bears while I've been out camping. I haven't mm. seen them. I know they've mm. been out there. Mm. Um, they are they are horrendous sounding creatures. They are, and, and and the issue with the drop bear is, is and now whether or not you believe it or not, but plenty of it, and the problem with drop bears is, is thought to be that they don't 
get enraged by the sound of an Australian accent. Now, I don't know how that figures in, but I read somewhere that uh, the drop bear, for, if you haven't heard of drop bear, is meant to be the, a carnivorous form of a koala. So it looks like a koala, but it's got two, you know, big, long um, teeth like a fang. You know, like a dog, fang type. Well, I wouldn't go so far as fangs, but I don't know. No one's ever photographed one. But it has been uh, been thought to be uh, involved in the... Not not so much the disappearance, but the damage to to a lot of people, and like I said, usually tourists. So if you can ocker up your Australian accent and dare the get a mate, how how'd you be that type of accent, then um, you're meant to be immune from drop bears. I know we don't have them in Tasmania, and they're meant to to frequent areas that uh, the koalas are as well. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't come across them, but I know of people who have. Well, I rem- I distinctly remember going camping. Um, and uh, we had some, I think, were you camping with us where we had the drop bear episode? Oh, uh, I know they had... talked about it. I didn't actually see it. I wasn't, I was, no, I was there, that... but I didn't actually, I, I wasn't part yeah. of it. <laughs> no, but I can assure you that the the couple of guys there that were with us with the, uh, they were quite distinctive English accents. I don't think they slept much that night. And I think they actually moved their tents right sort of close to the middle of the fire because they, you know, they didn't really go too far from the um, from the actual campsite and mm. you could actually hear them scurrying down the trees and going to the next tree and that's what they tend to do. They'll either drop on the tourists or they'll scurry down and, and attack them from the ground but they only usually hit the ground when they're attacking or going to the next tree. Mm. So, But yet again, it's another one of these things. No one's ever photographed it. There's lots of stories of people who reckon they've seen them and say that it's like a koala with fangs and probably a little bit bigger and, and more aggressive. But, you know, back to the technology again, like I said, I didn't hear about it until I was older. Um, so it certainly didn't seem to be a thing when I was growing up, but admittedly I didn't do a lot of camping when I was a kid either. No, and it wasn't something that was talked about a lot when we were kids. It was... You never heard much. It was more like the, you know, um, the Yowie. Um, but for for me, it was, I've heard more about the drop bears, you know, in the last probably 15, 20 years. Has there been more of them or has it just been pushed closer to us with deforestation or is that the issue? I mean, why are we suddenly hearing about them? Oh, look, I think there's um, lots of different reasons why we're hearing about them. Tourism's growing. You know, it's a lot more people going out into the bush, foreigners going out into the bushes and camping and they're going out there with a lot of Australian people as guides and so, you know, they're talking about the drop bears to uh, the foreigners mm. that come in and so I think it's uh, uniquely Australian. And uh, Yeah. yeah. And- and for want of doing actual research, as you can probably guess from this episode, we haven't done a lot. I've actually just looked at a website here and, and the name of it is Thylarctus uh, plummetus meaning the drop bear. So it's obviously got some sort of Latin name. So somebody's obviously made an effort to have a look at it. Anyway, I, like I said, I've never seen one, so I don't know how much I believe in it, but there's plenty of people who, who claim uh, to have had that encounter. I certainly believe in them. I have heard them. I, mm. I haven't seen them, but I've heard them definitely. So what do you reckon, mate? Yowies and bunyips, do you reckon you'd ever go on a chase for one, go and looking for one? Oh, look, I think it'd be great because there'd be lots of people there um, and you just have a good good night. And if you want to have a little bit of fun, you could set up a little few pranks or something like that. But mm. um, they mm. won't appreciate it. I probably will. Uh, mm. But it'd be good just to get out and go camping. I'd, that'd be great. Mm. I don't know. I don't know that I, it would be for me. I'd be more concerned that I'd actually find one and then what do you do with it? Because if they're as big and as fearsome as, uh, as people make them out to be, do you really want to? 
Do you really want to annoy one? Do you really want to annoy you, one by chasing it? You just don't have. You just have to not be the slowest person. Just remember mm-hmm. that. All right. So we'll turn it over to you, listener. This is the, the time of the episode as we wrap up, mercifully so for this one. Um, what about you? Have you got any experiences with Bigfoots, Yetis, Yowies, Bunyips, any of those types of things? Drop bears, big Drop cats? Bears. Big cats, yeah. Have you got any of them? Let us know. Once for school podcast at gmail.com. That's our email address where you can get in touch with us. Uh, or let us know on Facebook. We'll we'll have a post out for this one and just leave it in the comments there. Um, please remember to, to tell a friend to share. Thanks for everyone who's done that so far. Um, you can find all of our old episodes on any of the podcasting platforms or at our website, oncewascool.com. We, anything you'd like to add? No, just be careful when you're out there and watch those drop bears. Well, in the Australian outback for sure. If we're allowed, as we record this, we're not able to actually fly or go anywhere at the moment. But uh, that'll mean they're being thirsting for blood and looking for looking for the next wave of tourists coming to town. All right, mate. Thanks for that. We'll talk to you soon. No worries. Thanks. Bye.